The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another Top 10 episode for you. We're going to be doing our Top 10 Nostalgic Board Games. Yeah. Um, This is going to be very interesting, mostly because I think most of the board games we played when we were kids are still around. Yes. And probably had been around for a long time when we first played them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I kind of went through the process uh, when I numbered my board games. I basically just numbered them on how nostalgic I was for them, not necessarily yeah. how much I thought they were a better board game than anything else. I did, I did the exact same thing, and th- th- this kind of made it difficult at, at first for me, um, just because I was like, well, how do I want to rate these? And like, you know, because ultimately I'm like, well, this one, you know, is the bigger board game, or this is like the more well known, or or whatever. But like ultimately, it's like no, this is a top ten nostalgic board game. So you know what? Fuck it. So I was like, I'm gonna do exactly the same kind of thing with you. Like, what is nostalgic to me? Um, you know, and it's really specific to what we owned. We didn't own all the board games, so there's some, you know, there's some great '80s and '90s board games that we didn't have. So I'm not nostalgic yep. for them, though. I <sighs> maybe I'm nostalgic for their commercials or things like that. <laughs> um, but just, but just not as much for. Uh, for the actual games themselves, but I'm sure I'll mention them as honorable mentions or something. So I imagine we're probably going to have a lot of the same <laughs> yeah. uh, games probably here, probably a lot of crossover. Yeah, I um, mean, two two people who grew up together playing the exact same board <laughs> games are going to be nostalgic for the same board games, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully people will uh, allow us that, you know, little bit for this episode. Well, it is our podcast. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> All right, well, I don't think there's too much uh, pomp and circumstance. Mm-mm going into this one so i unless you got anything else you want to add i'm pretty much ready to Um, jump into the list the only other thing i kind of want to add is you know we definitely i mean we were board game people when we were younger you know we did Mm -hmm. family board games we enjoyed that um but i would say we've also really really grown up to become nerdy board game adults i agree um i mean if if this was and you, you way more so than me when it comes to at least you know what you own. I mean, I, I get excited to play them with you. It's fun anytime I visit you. Um, you know, me, you, and your wife. It's like it's board game time. You know, we're gonna play that or a card <laughs> game or something. Uh, I right. always dive in, and you guys have some fantastic board games. And I'd say we're we've entered a you know the last. 10 years or maybe maybe 15 years or whatever has been like another a renaissance of board games yes. happening it's just been it's been amazing and fantastic and um just the creativity that you're seeing uh from these new board games that are coming out and the complexity because they are they're geared towards adult and adult minds and it's a lot of fun i really love seeing what new games are coming out and getting to play with them obviously we're not going to be talking about them because they're not nostalgic to us but it's just it's right. in general board games make me very happy well, it's it's funny you said complexity. Right now, my wife and I are are in the middle of a, a of a campaign of a game called Gloomhaven, which is quite possibly one of the most complex games I've ever played. Hmm. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, we're playing it with another couple. Who, oddly enough, today we're having a game day, so okay. we have another couple coming over to play <laughs> some board games. And specifically, we're going to play this one game, Gloomhaven, which is kind of like it's kind of like a D and D style. Uh-huh. You know, it's based on D and D. Okay. Um, it's incredibly complex, however. Um, so much so, there are so many pieces that my wife three D printed. Well, actually, she uh, laser cut mm-hmm. uh, boxes specifically designed to hold all the pieces of this game. <laughs> That's killer. Because That's we sick. needed to organize it so bad because it's just it's just mm-hmm. crazy. So yeah, uh, yeah, we uh, we are definitely big board game people. As I say, if that doesn't say the dedication that y'all have to <laughs> board games, just like your family, um, you know, you are obviously, uh, you know, yeah, you are well equipped to talk about board games. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I agree with you that it's it there has been a renaissance, and it is a great way to bring people together. Mm-hmm. I think it's honestly it's done wonders for our family in in keeping you know us together. We try to have some kind of game night every week. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just one small game before my kids go to bed, um, you know, we we're constantly finding new board games, trying new things, you know, finding games we like, games we don't like. But it's a really, 
really good family activity. Mm-hmm. Um, we <laughs> we went through a process. I don't, I don't know if we'll do it again, but we went through a process where for a couple of years at Christmas we would just give board games to people. Yeah. Uh, to get people interested in them again and uh, just kind of get that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think I remember uh, the first year we did this, we gave someone Cards Against Humanity, mm-hmm. and I think that was probably the biggest hit that we <sighs> we gave because we introduced. I think it was uh, it was at Christmas time mm-hmm. with our family, not my wife's yeah. family. We did that, and that was so much I fun. Remember, yeah, I, I, I want to say you got it to, for our sister or something like that, and maybe it was me because I have it now, but I think I bought it myself. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like that one was a massive hit. I mean, you've got you got me into Munchkin. I absolutely love Munchkin, and Pandemic yeah. is a lot of fun as well. Um, and then that that the what's that horror house one? The House on the Haunting, uh, a House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, yeah, that one is. I, I want to play that one again um, because yeah, that's a, a lot of fun. The last time I played it with you, we actually beat it pretty easily, and I know it's one that <laughs> is pretty difficult to beat. It's just kind of, you know, some of the luck of the draw, and so I want to see like, yeah. one of those very difficult situations, so yeah, just, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, if that doesn't scream board game nerds <laughs> to anyone else, then then they're listening to the wrong podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, are you ready to jump into your list? I am good to go. All right, why don't you, sir, start us off at number 10? All right, uh, my number 10 is a board game that I know we played... Uh, yeah, a good bit. I, we definitely had the box of this one. Um, that's kind of how I started off my lists. We're just be like, what are the ones that we had and we that I remember playing? Um, and there's really not much of a board for this one. All you really need is a, a sheet of paper, and it's kind of almost charades style esque. But you're drawing stuff, and uh, somebody has to start guessing. My number ten is Pictionary. Uh, not on my list. Not on your list. Okay. Um, it is just a, a fantastic, simple game where you're you're drawing stuff. You know, you can't do any letters or anything, and someone has to guess. You know what it what action you're drawing or whatever it is you're drawing. First published in 1985, which I was first published in 1985 as well, uh, and so it came out then. So it's just it was kind of like it. You know, it's a board game that I obviously grew up with that came around right when I was as a kid, and so um, I just I don't know. I have fond memories of playing it. I also enjoy drawing, so I think that maybe mm-hmm. is my tie to. Uh, Pictionary. I definitely remember playing it, and I definitely kind of considered it. Um, I also remember Pictionary as being the game that breaks up families <laughs> <laughs> more than more than uh, uh, Monopoly, which is kind of known for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe not more than Monopoly, mm-hmm. but definitely right behind it. Yeah, uh, just because if you you know it, if you can't draw, uh, it's hard for get someone to guess, and sometimes some people just can't see what it is you're trying to do, and. Yeah, <laughs> you get yelled at afterwards. A jackal, jackal! It's a jackal! It looks like a jackal, jackal, jackal! It's a jackal, jackal! Time. It wasn't right the first time you said it. Why the hell would it be right the next ten times? God. Uh, for my number ten, uh, might be a little bit surprising, and I just kind of put it on here because I kind of remember this being our first board game. In fact, it's probably most people's first board games. It's been around since, I believe, the late 60s. It's very simple. You only really need a dice and some insect parts. And I went with the game (laughs) Cootie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Cootie. Oh, not on my list. That's a good choice. We introduced that game also because they reissued it not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We reintroduced that to our children as well when they were probably about four. It's kind of a good introductory game. It's very simple. You have sort of different... And in, you're supposed to build a cootie, which yeah. basically is just a six-legged insect. And you have different parts, and there's a little thing that tells you what each dice number means. And basically, you just roll the dice until you get all the parts. And the first one to do that has to yell cootie, and they win. Yeah. So it's very, very simple and very luck-based because it's based on the you know the roll of the dice. But it's a very easy concept for little kids to get. So it's a great inter- introductory one if you have little, little kids, probably as little as maybe two. Mm-hmm. That might be pushing it, but three or four for sure can definitely kind of understand what's what's happening. So yeah, um, just for you know, just for the nostalgia of the game, because I remember we had it. Yes, um, we did. I remember. I remember when we there was always at least one cootie that didn't that was missing one part. <laughs> that's that's true today. <laughs> we, we pulled it. I think we pulled it out because we had uh, uh, one of the kids' little cousins over or something like that. So we pulled it, and definitely two of them were like missing a leg here mm-hmm. and an arm there. And you're like, uh, either way, 
it was it was gonna make my list just for its most yeah it's a cute i mean yeah nostalgia wise <clears throat> very cute with with the uh with the bug kind of you know piecing things together i definitely remember that i remember having that that was cute i'm um, just looking it up so you said it was around in the 60s actually the game first came out 1949 so it was even wow. earlier than that so yeah it's been around yeah. for a while and that's when they had real bugs that you had to pull apart and put back together. that's <laughs> joking it was still plastic back then but <laughs> um you know kind of a rip on mr potato head uh but yeah. anyway uh yeah cute <laughs> cute game and definitely nostalgic i for some reason that one didn't even come to me but i like that call quite a bit all right let's go to number nine uh my number nine is a fantastically nostalgic board game and we had this one i don't want to talk about it too much because i w- I'd, I'd kind of be surprised if it wasn't on your list higher or maybe right around here um boy when you talk about complexities there's not many more board games more complex in setup than the game mousetrap didn't make my list oh wow okay all right uh fair enough but like we i mean we had mousetrap talk about missing pieces talk about shit that would just not work (laughs) like everybody i feel you know who had this game or knew of it it had the exact same issues where they couldn't get the shit to work you start moving the ball and it doesn't go in the right direction or it doesn't set off the trap you're like god damn it i gotta set it off for it or you just like miss stuff and it just it kind of fell to shit where you just started basically you just set it up to play with it then you do right you know it became more of a toy than it did really an actual board game where you started playing the game um but like i mean it had a great commercial to it it had you know a great look to it i mean a very complex kind of thing it was it was a fun fun game it was. Um, we would set the game up, and inevitably we would never finish the game because all mm. we really wanted to do was put our mouse <laughs> into the thing and set the trap off and see what happened. Yeah. So <laughs> there really was no point. And uh, we, when they reissued it again a few years ago, we bought it, and that's exactly what happened with our kids. They really didn't care about playing the game. They just wanted to set everything off. So right. at this point, at that point, we just were like, all right, just set it up, play with it for a while, and inevitably one part of it broke or another. And yeah. I don't even think it still works at this point. I don't even know why we have it because <laughs> we're not playing the game. So. No, no. Um, um, it, it always had one of the longest setup times for any <laughs> for any game. Yeah. I always remember you just you had to do yeah. it perfectly. It took forever, uh, about as long as it took to actually play the game was just setting it up. Yeah, but it was fun. And then there was no guarantee that the trap was going to get set yeah. off anyway with the way the game went. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, <laughs> kind of the only reason it didn't really make my list was in the list of stuff I had, it kept getting pushed down farther and farther yeah. and farther for ones that I had a little bit more of a nostalgia for. And I just kind of remember, and I remember eventually hating the game just <laughs> because it was always broken. Yeah, I could see that. That totally uh, could happen. All right, for my number nine, I think it's actually the only game on this list that we didn't own. I don't mm-hmm. remember owning this game, but I do remember plenty of friends who had it, and I really did enjoy playing it, uh, even for as simple of a concept of it, simple of a concept as it is. I doubt it'll be on your list, but I'll go ahead and say just in case. My number nine is Guess Who? Not on my list. Okay. For some reason... I always loved this game. I loved the commercials before I ever got a chance to play it. I always wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. it just, I don't know. Maybe it was the animation and the commercials that got me as a kid. Yeah. It was uh, cute. Very simple. You, uh, Everyone's got a set number of people on either side or a picture of a set number of people, and then you pick one card that is your person, and then you try to guess the other person's person by eliminating you know, characteristics, like is your person bald? Does they have a mustache? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Until the first person who's able to figure out what the other person's person is. That's a lot of people. But I just always had a lot of fun playing this game, and we have a couple of versions of it now, and I actually really enjoy it when my kids want to play it. I yeah. I enjoy just the... <laughs> I enjoy the strategy of trying to figure out what's the most economical way of yeah. narrowing down the people. Yeah, Um no, it's a it's a fun, very simple game. I, I think I've actually played it with your son before, um, but that was probably during the phase where he, you know, if he lost, he wasn't happy. Um, I think he's getting better at that for sure now. But you know, so mostly. I didn't, I didn't mostly, I didn't love playing with him because he was just like, oh, if he didn't win or if he didn't get, it's just like, ugh. But I mean, I definitely remember. Guess who? I don't think we owned it. I do think 
our grandmother had it. Um, I think one of our one of our grandma. I remember it being at one of our grandparents' places okay. uh, and playing it there, either with cousins or when we were up visiting or something like that. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a fantastic game. It started off in 1979, so not all that old. I kind of thought it was going to be older than that, but yeah, it's kind of simple. There is. I remember seeing like a YouTube video about you know how to always win at at uh, <laughs> guess who. And just like how to kind of like, you know, beat the guessing system to to narrow things down uh, properly, you know, a little bit faster and easier. So which yeah. I could I could give you hints, John, if you want to beat your son, um, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know or, or watch that YouTube video. That's all right. OK, maybe, maybe I'll show it to him so he can feel better. Yeah. <laughs> OK. All right. Number eight. Number eight. My number eight is a. Very childish game, very kind of child-based game that I think we grew out of when we were, you know, I can't remember when we grew out of it, but um, boy, is that game sweet. I really liked it. <laughs> Super sweet. I- I'm talking about Candyland is my number eight. <laughs> Did not make my list. Oh, wow. I'm kind of surprised about that, too. Okay, we haven't had any any of the same games so far. Maybe, maybe our top half will be the same, but uh, I mean, yeah. we owned Candyland. I remember... I remember the box being kind of busted to shit. You know, we definitely played it quite a bit. Um, I, I like how simple it was. It was, it was, uh, it was a sweet little game. I mean, I don't, pun intended. How about that? Um, but yeah. like, you know, there's you didn't have to worry about really anything. It was very. You didn't have to really worry about worried about reading. Uh, you barely had to count. <laughs> you just had to go roll the <laughs> dice of colors and go to the next color. You know, you didn't have right. to really do much of anything. Uh, but it was perfect for us as a kid. And I remember playing this one with with you or our sister. Um, probably probably more so our sister because you were probably aged out of it pretty quickly when I was in the age for it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a it was a fun, simple kids game, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, I've definitely played my share of, of Candyland, you mm-hmm. know, with my kids. And actually, some I have to say, some of the reissued versions of the game, I find to be a little bit more fun. The art okay. on the board's usually a little bit better. I actually remember the game having a deck of cards that you would flip mm. over. Um, but in one of the more recent versions we got, they they honestly, I think they wised up and they put everything on a spinner, oh, like in yeah. the game Twister. Yeah. And so uh, I actually. I actually like that a little bit better. One, it's a little economical. You don't have to keep track of a whole, you know, mm-hmm. deck of cards, which inevitably just get thrown into the box <laughs> yeah. and then get bent and ripped and or lost and you know all kinds of stuff. But I didn't have too much of a sort of a nostalgic feeling for it, so that's why I didn't end up on my list. Okay. Uh, apparently, the game was designed in 1948 uh, by someone named Eleanor Abbott while she was recovering from polio. Huh. Oh, well, just yeah, just a little, little good. something interesting. Uh, my number eight, I almost, I completely forgot it had existed as a game until I did a little bit of research into, you know, kind of classic games and stuff like that. And I saw it and all of these memories came flooding back to me about playing this game called Mr. Mouth. I don't, I don't even remember that. So Mr. Mouth was, it was basically it was a rotating yellow head and there were four arms that came off of it and you had to flip a coin into its mouth because it would rotate and the mouth would flip up open and close and open and close you had oh yes holy shit i remember this thing whoa (laughs) okay sorry i didn't mean to i just i just saw the picture of that thing and i'm just like holy (laughs) fuck those little hands that you flip it obviously it didn't make my list (laughs) because i couldn't even (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I, I think if I had just gone based off of memory, I never would have remembered it. But uh-huh. going, I specifically went to look back at other games to see if there was something I forgot, and that was the one that immediately jumped out at me. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I remember this game. I remember loving and hating this game yeah. <laughs> because if you if you couldn't time it, and I, I don't remember who it was. I remember there was somebody. Um, it, was a, it wasn't our mom. It was somebody else, maybe somebody she was dating at the time or something like that, mm-hmm. was so good at it. He could because he could flip it when it when the head was sideways. Oh, and yeah, and do because you had to get it was whoever got the most in. So he could get one in the side and then turn turn around. It basically just rapid fire these <laughs> stupid things into his mouth. And like like I just spent I remember spending so much time trying to trying to get that thing into the side of the mouth so I could get the most coins in you know on on its way around. 
And it's, you know, it's very simple and very kind of archaic. And they reissued it. The version we had, I think, was from the 70s. The version that they came out with later in the 80s had like a frog's head. Uh-huh. Instead of the instead of the Pac-Man looking head, but I'm pretty sure that's the uh, the we had the '70s version of it, and I don't I don't remember if this I don't remember if Mom got the game or if she already had the game or where it came from. Yeah. Um. I just I like I said when I saw it, all these memories of the game came flooding back in. John, like yes, uh, I had to Google it because there's not even a <laughs> Wikipedia page about Mr. Mouth. Um. <laughs> but you know, just to take so I have no idea when it started or any of that kind of stuff, but it 100%, yeah, is just a fun, very basic game. Yeah, it had to be from, like, the 70s. At least that first Pac-Man-y looking face is just definitely flooding me with a little bit of nostalgia <laughs> right. there. Love it. All right, sir, what's your number seven? My number seven, uh, I don't think will be on your list, um, mainly because it's also, well, you already said this was, uh, you said you only had, was the only game that we didn't own, uh, was one you already talked about, and this one we didn't own, but I remember playing this game um, with friends. I feel like the popularity got pretty big during my middle school days, maybe maybe early high school, I think middle school though, and I remember playing this with friends like on the bus uh, or you know at break time or whatever at school or even at people's houses or whatnot. Um, my number seven is Mancala. I don't even think I've ever heard of that game. Okay. Okay. Mancala is a very kind of basic. Um, what is it? It's it's for two people, and you have stones, little like gems or whatever, like in kind of like little divots, and oh, you kind of yes. you move it up and down, and you just try to like you're trying to like you know get like the la- get them all empty or whatever, get them onto your side or whatever. You you kind of drop one. You kind of move. You pick up a a a, a hole of bag or a handful of them and they kind of you move down the line until you fill up your thing and you have to have the most like that's how it okay is. very basic and i think it has african roots or something huh okay i've seen the game i've never knew i just never knew what it was called okay yeah so i mean because we yeah we never had it but i i played this with friends like i like on the bus all the damn time mancala became it kind of blew up when i was in middle school um hmm. but yeah it, so apparently it says uh this is probably the the oldest game. Um, it says the versions of the game date back to the seventh century, uh, with evidence suggesting that the game existed in ancient Egypt. So it's a fucking nice. old game. <laughs> uh, maybe not the oldest, but one going to be one of the older games on the list. Uh, but yeah, so it's got African roots and and things like that. But I just I just uh, remember playing this very basic game. It's, it's kind of one that you know I think kind of like I don't know like Connect Four or something where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you knew how to play it properly, you couldn't lose or that kind of thing or whatever it was. One of just one of those kind of games, um, you know, or going first had a huge, huge advantage, like that kind of thing. Uh, and so, so yeah, but I just, it was very basic board and board and stones and that's all you needed to play Mancala. Uh, for my number seven, um, it was a game that I'm pretty sure our mother had, from either when she was a kid or when she was a teenager, because we definitely had a very old version of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember never being really interested in it for a little bit, and then probably when I was maybe like 12, 13, she showed me how to play it, and then I actually really enjoyed playing it. I, I Mostly I would play it against her. I don't remember playing it against you or Abby all that much. Uh, maybe I did. Um and it's a it's kind of a guessing game with a little bit of a hot and cold element applied to it, but it just uses a very simple board with pegs, and that's the game Mastermind. Yeah, I it it, it made my initial list. It didn't end up making my list. I remember okay. us having it. I uh, I always remember. I actually really kind of enjoyed sort of the strategy of you know how quickly can I guess the pattern. Basically, you have like six peg, five or six mm-hmm. pegs, where you have pegs of different colors, and you put the pegs in, and then you then they're blocked with this little thing so that the other person can't see them and they have to try to guess what the order is. And you have other small little pegs on the side that basically tell the person whether they got the color right Mm -hmm. or if they got the right color in the wrong place and that sort of thing. And recently my son discovered this game um, because we have a newer version of it and he actually really enjoys it. So I've been playing that game with him a good bit. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. We did have an old version. Uh, Apparently... 
It was invented in 1970, and I would mm. bet our version was probably not long after that initial <laughs> initial yeah. release of it. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Like I, I I do. That's why I had it kind of had it in my honorable mentions. It was a, a solid uh, fun board game of trying to yeah trying to get the pattern, make get that working, kind of somewhat memory game as well. So uh, no, that was good. I, I, I liked Mastermind quite a bit. All right, what's your number six? All right, my number six. Uh, I'm I'm surprised. This might be where we finally have some board games on each other's list. Is my <laughs> guess because I mean, we haven't yet, and I, that just shocks me to all hell. Yeah. Um. So this game is huge. It's it's so big that they have made maybe one of the most popular apps. You know, based from it. Uh, that you can you know play with friends now known as words with friends but the obviously original and the board game version is absolutely amazing and I absolutely remember playing this uh, specifically with our mother um, and I went with and my number six is Scrabble it just didn't make my list. okay so it, it so. was it was number tw- it was number 12 on my list okay yeah it's uh, I mean it's just a great word game you know it's it's pretty ubiquitous when it comes to word games or when it comes to board games I think you know it's one gonna be one of like the the bigger ones, at least I feel it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it, it definitely helps to to know those <laughs> SAT words. You know, know <laughs> know your JQX words uh, and Z words to get you know all the max points and know how to use their triple word score. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, it's a fantastic board. I mean, I feel like everybody knows Scrabble, um, yeah. but it, it's just uh, it's just a, a great game and it really really pushes vocabulary, pushes reading, which I like as well. But like in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a competitive guy, and I love doing words with friends, and and what I kind of had to stop doing it because I spent too much time on it, and I'm just like, eh, <laughs> I, I gotta need to spend other time doing stuff. But it's it's fun as hell. Uh, it is, and it's actually a game that I grew to love as an adult, and I think that's the reason why I got pushed down farther on my mm. list. Is that I really did come to love it, and I still play it. I played the Scrabble app. Um, uh, I haven't in a while, but I did. I was actually I had several games going with our, our mother and stepdad for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just kept running out of time. Um, and in fact, uh, when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, which was like a two week road trip that, it, that went to Alaska, the only game we took with us was Scrabble mm. and we played it everywhere. <laughs> we played it on a, uh, we played it on a ferry going up the Pacific coast of British Columbia. We played it in a random hotel in Ketchikan, Alaska. Like we play, we played the hell out of Scrabble, mm-hmm. um, but I came to love it more as an adult than a kid, which is why it eventually got pushed off my list. Uh, totally, I, I can I can totally see that. Um, I, I just I, for some reason I remember playing this one with mom quite a bit when mm-hmm. I was younger. Um, so that just kind of I definitely have nostalgic value for there. Uh, yeah. The game was was apparently created in 1938 by uh, an American architect. And just I mean at how big it is, the game is sold in 121 countries. Uh, available in 29 languages and approximately 150 million sets have been sold worldwide. Um, and it says apparently roughly one third of all American and half of British homes have a Scrabble set. <laughs> like, That's, I mean, I, I've got one. Uh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. And so there's a, there's approximately, and apparently there's a park, approximately 4,000 Scrabble clubs around the world. So it's just like, yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty, pretty popular game. Um, I actually really enjoy the the app version. Did we? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we went to um, Great Britain. I guess it was a year and a half ago at this point, close to it, uh, two summers ago. Um, I uploaded a whole bunch of board games onto my iPad for us to play, and I remember we took a train to go to Stonehenge. And I can't remember if Scrabble was we, one of the games we played on may, the train. Maybe we definitely played Ticket to Ride. Um, yeah. I can't maybe remember. That if was, we, maybe it was just that one. It was uh, yeah. We might have done that a couple times, but, but we definitely played yeah. that. But I, I will say, I I mean, I very much am a am a advocate for playing the board games. But mm-hmm. when it comes to travel, if you can oh, yeah. find the app versions, like that's I I just upload as many board games as I can find onto my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when my wife and I have done some international travel, like when we went to Germany and. Um, you know, last or two years ago when we went to uh, Great Britain and Ireland and stuff, it's a great way to just kind of you can just put the iPad in the middle of the yeah. of the table and have people you know just spin it around and have people play. So yeah, it is so. a great way to to travel with board games. So my number six was another game that I kind of forgot about until I saw it. 
Um, I kind of did have it in the back of my mind. And then just kind of when I saw it on the list, I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely going to make my list. Um, I remember we had it. Um, it had it, it did have an electronic mechanical sort of element to it. I don't even really remember how you play the game. I just remember, one, the commercials. Two, the stupid mechanical shark not always working. And that was the game Shark Attack. Did not make my list. Okay. So basically you have like a little fish and it's a sort of a circular board game. And the whole point is to outrun the shark. Um, and the shark mechanically moves around in a circle on the board, kind of like a little uh, yes. uh, has a little centerpiece that just keeps it going in a circle. And if your fish gets eaten by the shark, you're out. I remember, I remember that, um, that box looking at this right now. Okay, very cool. I, I just kind of completely forgot about it. Huh. Yeah, we definitely had it. Yeah. Because um, I remember playing it quite a bit. But I still to this day cannot remember how you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other than just being, maybe, maybe you just had to be the last person to not, not to, be. Yeah, eaten. that could be it. I, I don't really. Yeah, I, I just I didn't think about this game at all. But I totally remember. Yeah, being that fish and just kind of having to move up and not get eaten by the shark. Yes, and I do remember the electronic, the kind of the shark kind of doing its little motions, and it uh-huh. it, it ended up not working for us after a while. Maybe we ran out of batteries, or maybe it busted. <laughs> but we right. totally didn't have a working version of it. Uh, for a bit. Man, I wonder if mom has some of these still. Man, come Christmas when we're all together, maybe we bust out some of these old ass ones that we haven't played yeah. in forever. That would see, see that would be killer too. Dude, if she still has Mr. Mouth, I'm gonna lose yeah. my shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna figure out how to flip those damn little coins in. <laughs> uh that's awesome. I can't find I can't find any real information about the game, like okay. uh when it got started. I Think it's I think I saw some at least said vintage 1988 version, uh, so maybe that's when it came about. Especially yeah, with electronic, it, def- it definitely well, came yeah. out sometime in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So, so that's probably it. Um, I do remember the commercials though. Good stuff, good call, John. All so right. we went we went through our bottom half uh, or top half, whatever the hell you want to call our sixes through tens with no duplicates. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to imagine we're going to have some crossover in this top one. Looking at yeah. my list. Uh, all right, so what's your number five? All right, my number five is one of the games that we played the most as a family, I feel. Um, it had a gigantic dice ball with every letter on it, and uh, you had the timer. And I remember the timer being so goddamn the pressure of hearing the timer <laughs> until it clicked <laughs> off. Um, and you had to write different words with whatever letter got rolled. I'm talking about categories. It is higher on my list. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, my number five is a classic board game that I've always loved, and for some reason, I feel like for a long time I was the only one who really enjoyed playing this game. At least, maybe kind of recently. I don't think my my wife really enjoys this game, although she's really good at it. I remember specifically. Well, I'll save that information for if uh, if we talk about it higher. And it spawned one of my favorite movies of all time, and that's Clue. It's higher on my list. Okay. Okay. All right. Now we're getting there. <laughs> there we go. Now, what's your number four? Uh, my number four, um, maybe, maybe is on your list. Maybe not. Uh, but it's a game that I remember you, me, and our sister playing pretty damn often, and that's why it's so high on my list to make number four. Um, my number four is the game of life. Didn't make my list. Okay. I mean, we had a set, I remember, you just, you go through and you have to go through college and you get your children and you get married yep. and you do all those milestones and all that kind of shit. And I always remember, you know, you, 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 yeah, you just kind of driving through life. It's not that simple anymore. <laughs> if only life was actually that simple. Um, but like, I always remember it was kind of funny when you ended up having as so many kids, like, you know, you, you draw out of a card and be like you just had a baby it's like okay uh but you have so many that you have to get a second car to fill up your little 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 people your blue and pink people that you put in and you had end up having to have so much to to go through and and the whole game the goal of the game was to end life with more money than everyone else i think that was pretty much it It originally created in 1860 by milton brad by milton bradley so by uh, I think by the actual guy, Milton Bradley. <laughs> the actual yeah. Milton Bradley. The actual legitimate Milton Bradley was who created <laughs> the game of life. Like, that's awesome. And you just, yeah, you go through and do that. I mean, I, it had the little spinner. I loved the spinner on our yeah. version. You know, I, for yeah. some reason, I mean, I'm, I 
would love to try and spin it so hard that the spinner top came off. <laughs> spin, but no, it was just it was a fantastic game. We played it pretty damn often, uh, and it's a, it's obviously a classic. So yeah, I mean it's it's still going on, and I, we I my wife and I played it recently with our kids not that long ago because actually really they really enjoy playing the game. It's largely the same. I mean, there are some smaller elements that are different. Some of the mechanics are slightly different in, as far as the game goes, but it's largely the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hit the big sort of milestones in life, and then it's sort of like whoever ends up with the most money. So uh, pretty much what I'm hearing is is we have Milton Bradley to blame yeah. for multiple generations <laughs> of asshole people who think they should just make money and that's it. Yeah, I'm going to blame this game <laughs> on that. Um, I mean, he's not wrong though. Money can buy <laughs> happiness. It really That's can. True. It really can. <laughs> yeah, and lots of board games. Board games. Yeah, it was happen. apparently his the first game that he created, uh, and he was apparently a lithographer back in the day. Um, that was that was his thing, and then he created this game. This was the, his first one. Uh, okay. Yeah, and apparently his most important um, uh, lithograph to date was a portrait of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, with a clean shaven oh. face that he that he did. I don't know, just something oh, interesting. Nice. I mean, eighteen. The guy was fucking old, uh, and this yeah. is, that's <laughs> the game is old. I'm I'm shocked to hear the game was that old. All right, what are we on four? Number four. Yes, your number four. All right, my number four is also kind of a classic board game. Not quite as classic apparently as the game of life, um, but it's it's been around since. Pr- I, if I had to guess, probably either the '70s or at the latest, the '80s, and it's it's uh, it's spawned one of the classic lines that everyone knows: "You sunk my battleship." Okay, not on my list. Okay, um, I really enjoy playing this game because I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> uh. I'm pretty good at at uh, stretching. Well, I should say I was pretty good at. It. I haven't played it in a while. See, how, um, how can you uh, be have, good? It's it's a it's a game of full luck. Unless you're a cheater, then are you are you telling me you're a good <laughs> cheater, John? That's the only way to know. Or are you one of those no. assholes that yeah, who like stacks their their ships on top no. of each other? <laughs> no, I, I don't do that. <laughs> okay. I don't do that. No, I'm I've I've always been pretty good. I think at reading the other person, mm. and kind of being able to tell of you know where I am, and and I have I have my own sort of strategies for the game that have generally you know worked well for me. You know, okay. I'm not saying I I win 100 percent of the time. I just say I have some strategies that work well for me in the game. But I mean, it's you know, it's a classic. It's a classic game. Pretty much everyone knows it spawned a really shitty movie. I don't know why. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're. I mean, you're dead on. The the you sunk my battleship was just. I mean, that is a great uh, commercial. You know, from like the mm-hmm. 80s. Um, yeah. Like it's like a, oh sis, you sunk my battleship. Like whatever the heck it was. I mean. And it's it's the kind of game that they tried to like bring into the new generation and like do all these bells and whistles with like the electric versions and right. you know these are sounds and and little gunfire sounds and oh pew, pew, you sunk my battleship <laughs> uh, you know all that kind of stuff into it when honestly just the very basic version is probably yeah. the best like I hate yeah. I hate when games have a little too much noise and 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 sound and uh, flash to them. When it's just honestly just the simple pegs and the simple battleships placement is really just the best. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it apparently started off as a pad and uh, like just on a sheet of paper and a pencil that you would okay. kind of like plot that out um, in the 1930s, and then uh, the Milton Bradley Company came out with a plastic version, you know, an actual board game version in 1967. Oh wow, a lot older yeah. than I thought. Yeah. It does make sense. It's just a pad and paper game, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably that's probably the simplest version. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can still find those versions. Just a yeah. Well, I mean, all you need is a all you need is a grid. I mean, that's it true. Shouldn't be too tough. All right, our top three. Surprisingly, we've only had one. Well, one uh, each. Oh no, one each. Yes. All right. So we've each. had yep. two. We have two that yeah. we'll be de- definitely talking about here. All right. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is, I believe, your number five, uh, which is, as you said, spawned a movie, and the movie is absolutely fantastic. I think they're actually going to remake it coming up, which is fine. That doesn't I don't hate that. You know, hell, part of our podcast is all about casting uh, remakes. Right. So maybe we should get maybe we should do that and get on it before we actually find out who the cast is. Uh, but my number three my number three is clue. Fantastic game. Uh, we I remember us having, it was called like the master edition or, or it was like mm-hmm. a, it was, it was a, you know, it, it was an elevated edition. It wasn't just like the very basic with like the three or six rooms or whatever it had. It had like fucking 
12 rooms, uh, which I really liked. Like, this is a game I really do enjoy, and I want to play. Mm-hmm. I just want to go and do, like, an adult proper version of Clue, Yeah, uh, which is just, you know, it's fun. You have to go around. You have to try and, like, figure out, okay, who did the murder with what weapon and what room and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's it's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is something that you have to, you know, think on, which I think is probably why I liked it as a kid, but like, I really want to play it now and it it makes me eager to do it, do more so now. Um, and actually the game, I've seen this before. I've seen versions where it's not just called clue, uh, where I think it, I think across the pond, I think it's called Cluedo. Yeah. Uh, And I have no idea why. Yeah, I'm not sure why either, but yeah, anyone anyone who's is from the UK or most of Europe or maybe even Australia, I'm not sure, would know it as Cluedo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but for some reason they called it just Clue. Maybe it's maybe it's a play on Clouseau. I you know what? I really don't know why it would be called <laughs> Cluedo. Uh, it came out in 1943 um, by a guy in uh, Birmingham, England. So maybe that maybe Cluedo is the yeah. That's the probably the proper. Version. But yeah, no, it's all about it's all about murder, and murder is really in you know right now, and so maybe that's it's the time for Clue to to get back into things. Uh, I definitely uh, love playing this game. I love I love uh, sort of mystery that sort of that you know mystery games that things you have to discover stuff. And uh, I remember our we always played this with her mother, and she I swear she always won. <laughs> she just seemed to always win. And one, I remember one time she kind of showed me what her strategy was, and I still use it. It's served me well in the game. Mm. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you in case we play <laughs> Okay, in case we do play it. I, <laughs> I kind of legitimately want to play. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I've just always loved it. I've, I've, I've owned it in many, many different uh, iterations. Um, we've got, like, the Clue Jr. version for our kids. Um, we've got the Harry Potter version, which is actually a very interesting version because there's a few extra hmm. added elements in that one um, that make it a little bit difficult. Not difficult, but more interesting, I should say. And for some the, my wife doesn't really like the game Clue except for the Harry Potter version, so I can get her to play that. So that's why <laughs> okay. I played that. That's why I played that version probably more than, than the regular one, ones as of late. But it's a, it's a classic game and a lot of fun. All right. Uh, my number three uh, was a game we had and has recently been reissued. And I'll be honest, I actually think the new version is much better than the original version. And that is the game Fireball Island. Oh, oh, I remember us having this, this game. But yeah, it did not make my list. Okay. So the original version, um, if, I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly was basically you just had to get your person to the top or somewhere and there's a little head that would kind of rotate and you send balls down a chute and if your guy got knocked off, he had to start at the bottom or something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't too much to it. They had like little sort of red marbles scattered and because they could mm-hmm. the marbles could get knocked off by other marbles and stuff like you know it could cascade and cause multiple people to get knocked out. And it was much more fun just to send you know, send the balls down and see guys knocked off than it actually was to win the yeah. game. But I remember we played it so much. We played it a lot. Probably played it to death. Um, I can't imagine the uh, sort of the molded plastic board game because it was basically like a mountain that you had Did, to go up. Yeah. And it, it had that iconic, like, demon head or whatever at the top of the yeah. mountain. Which it, <laughs> it has a name, and I can never remember what the name is. But it was re- recently reissued, probably in the last couple of years, and we got the version, and it's it's a lot more complex now. Actually, it's a lot more fun. Did did I play this with you? Fire uh, the new one? Yeah, maybe. Because I, I I'm looking at the new one, and I'm just like I've played this recently, and I don't huh? remember with who or with whom, uh, uh, or when. But it's like I did this. I did this okay. not too long ago. <laughs> so prob- probably at my house. Okay. Um, I just remember we played it so much. That's why I ended up so so much higher on my list. No, definitely definitely remember the game. Good call. Your number two, sir. All right. My number two, I think definitely has to be on your list. I'd be shocked <laughs> if it's not your number one, so I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, my number two is Hero Quest. It is higher on my list. Okay. It's my number one. <laughs> okay. Well, then we know we know what your number two and your number one is then. Yep. All right, so my number two is uh, categories. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love this game. I still love this game. Um, I still suggest it at parties, um, yeah. even though I don't. Either people don't enjoy playing it or whatever, but I still love it. Um, yeah. I like any game that kind of makes me think. I love puzzle games. This isn't really a puzzle game, but I like word games too, which is why I still like uh, Scrabble and stuff like that. Basically, you have a a, a list of of categories, and then you roll um, a dice that has a bunch of letters on it, and you have to come up with something in each category, starting with that letter. Mm-hmm. And you want it to be unique because if you have the same as anyone else, it doesn't your it doesn't count towards your points. Yeah, you get some uh, fun answers. Just, and it, yeah. I always enjoy like trying to be like, oh, oh, here's oh, here. I, I first the way I do it is I always like write down the first thing that comes to my head just to try and get an answer for everything if I can. Yeah. And then if I have any extra time, I will go back and be like, what is something more unique? You know, what is I need something? I need something better than just you know, oh. Color of a T-shirt, white. Shit, no, no, no. I need something different. Uh, you know, and I'll put on watercrest blue or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> right. but it's just like, I, I, just for a stupid example. But um, right. yeah, it is. Uh, I, I played this game. I don't know earlier this year. I mean, I, I definitely love categories. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah, it's always been one of my favorite. And you were definitely right when you mentioned it. Uh, the bloody timer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just get a constant? constant ticking and then it starts to like speed up right before you i mean you can tell when it's about to go off because it's awful yeah this is just it's very violent that's that's part of like the pressure of it it's just like oh man you're hearing that thing going it's going up oh god oh god i guess it's faster uh and then yeah you felt like you couldn't you know think of simple words because of that that damn timer sound um, yeah, apparently, apparently came out in 1988 uh, by Parker Brothers. And there are so many like there's so many like different category sheets that I remember. Ha- like I think there's like 15. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever always, you know, we didn't always get through all of. Uh, sometimes you get through eight of them, you're like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, yes, yes, you didn't do all <laughs> of them, absolutely. But it's actually it's nice that there are so many because then you, you can just you know pick and choose which ones you want to do. So, yep. Uh, all right, our number ones. Well, I'll number go ahead and jump in with my number one, just because we okay. already know what it is. Um, and that is a game that I don't think we ever really knew how to play correctly. <laughs> we just played it however we wanted. And it's basically a D&D based game that someday I'm going to go looking for a uh, version of to add to our collection if I can ever find it. And yeah. that is the game Hero Quest. This is sort of a weird game. For us to have, I don't remember mm-hmm. which one of us said we wanted it, or if somebody else, you know, gave it to us for as a gift for something, or or if our either of our parents ended up getting it this for us because I don't remember why we would have had it. Um, it is basically a D and D board game or a D and D knockoff board game. Mm-hmm. It was very complex, but it came with a whole bunch of fun little toys to play with. Yeah, the miniatures looked fantastic. They did. Um, and not, and it wasn't just the miniature uh, people because you would have you had your heroes and then you mm-hmm. had like goblins and orcs and and like a minotaur or something and stuff. But there was also like decorations. There was like tables mm-hmm. and uh, like a weapons rack and and all kinds of different things because basically you would go into a room and it was just like D and D except for you actually had like a little board of miniatures to put stuff in and then you had to fight them and. We were way too young to really yeah. comprehend the complex nature of actually how to play the game, so we just kind of made up our own rules as we went. But I, God, we played this so many times. Like this was the first thing I put on my list. Yeah, and I put it Me as too. number one. I was like, I know where it is. I, yeah. I, I, I knew this was going on my list, and I knew it was going to be number one because I, I still think about this game. And you can find, you know, you can still find, you know, versions for sale. Not necessarily new versions, but you can definitely find versions for sale. It's just very expensive. Yeah, they, I mean, they're on like eBay and stuff like that. But yeah, they're all. It's it's the game is you have to have like two hundred bucks just to buy <laughs> the damn game nowadays. It's ridiculous. But I'm right. with you. Like, you know, we we played it as a kid and we never played it correctly. I would love to go back and like do a legitimate playthrough of this game. Like knowing, you know, being being an adult now and and knowing actually how to you know comprehend D and D role playing style. Right. That it would just it it'd just be fantastic. But like. Yeah, the miniatures look so good. I mean, I I specifically remember I remember the gargoyle more than anything else, like the oh, big yeah. main gargoyle. And I, hell, I played with him as like a toy. Like he he yeah. he was like in my group of like you know 
main toy playing things. Right. Um, you know, I, I think over time, like we, the barbarian sword kind of got busted and <laughs> bent over and, you know, shit like that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's just a fun, fun ass game or fun ass. I mean, looking because we didn't play it properly. Hard to say how fun it was, but at yeah. least like, it's one of the most, obviously it's my number two, it's your number one. One of the most nostalgic right. games for us, period. Right. All right, sir. Well, what is your number one? My number one is is uh, probably a, I don't know. Oh, we, yeah. Well, maybe we'll do some honorable mentions after this. Just kind of to just throw out some of the ones that didn't oh, okay. make our list. Just just to say sure. it. Um, but uh, for me, it's a game I more way way more so got into in middle school and college, and I still play it today. Um, it's hands down the greatest board game of all time in my opinion, and that's why I had it kind of overtake uh, Hero Quest as my number one even though it definitely didn't make your list and probably a lot of people don't think of this as a nostalgic board game but it is um, and it's it's there's no better strategy game in the world than the game of chess and I had mm. chess as my number one because I okay. love chess I remember I remember playing with you quite a bit I think mm-hmm. you you were dad I think it was you honestly might be the person who taught me chess um, okay. that you know that I definitely, you know, I learned that when I was younger and then I started playing it. I mean, I'm not anything great at chess, hell no, right. but I enjoy it. And just like, I don't know, there's just, there's something classy to chess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, uh, you know, if, if Hero Quest is a fucking goblet of mead or some shit <laughs> like that, you know, chess is a fine, delicate red wine. And, you know, <laughs> and, you, and, and it's super complex, though simple. You know, it's just grapes, but it's super, super complex. It can be as complex or as simple as you want it to be, yeah. um, which makes it just so interesting. Yeah. Um, it is It is a classic game, and, and I definitely remember playing my share. Um, I haven't really played it in a while, except for um, fairly recently uh, my son has tried to learn how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've there's a there's a couple of really good kids versions. Um, oh, there's nice. a one version we have that actually has the move printed on the side of the piece. Oh, that's helpful. So, so it tells kid, yeah. you, it can tell you you know where where a piece can move or how it can move. Um, I went through a long period of abstinence with that game because <laughs> my wife is so good at it, I cannot beat her. So I finally <laughs> just said, "Fuck it, I don't want to play anymore." So instead instead of instead of you know doing the healthier thing, which would be trying to learn strategies to beat her. I just said, I don't want to play. I basically flipped the table and was like, I'm going that's, home. That's where your son gets it from. <laughs> uh, I can't win, man. I don't want to play. <laughs> I think everybody has a uh, yeah. something. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, it, I mean, it is a game. I do enjoy playing it. But it is, it's a, definitely a game you need to study to get better. You know, study strategies, study, you know, Different ways. I do remember when I was younger, I actually went to a chess club sometime mm-hmm. when I was in elementary school. And I remember it was the small, unfortunately named town of Cumming, Georgia, yeah. where we kind of <laughs> spent a lot of our younger years. I'm, I'm going to say that every time I say the name. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> which unfortunately. it was. It was and is unfortunately named. They had a chess club at the courthouse. And I remember that was, I was excited because that was the only time I'd ever been able to go into the courthouse, you know. <laughs> other than for nefarious reasons, which I never mm-hmm. went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where they went, and, and I had someone teach me a couple of opening strategies that I still kind of use today. And so I really do enjoy the game. I just, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet gotcha. for me. <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's it's fantastic. It's a really old game, too. It's been around since, like, the 7th century or so, around, like, so yeah. another, another really old one. But it's just the way it makes you think and the way you mm-hmm. have to... You have to try and get outside of your own head and think like someone else and just like really try. And I, I can never do the the moves ahead. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh, you have to think like two, three moves ahead. I'm like, well, I can do that for myself. But the second I make my move, someone else does another move that I'm not thinking about their moves set, like two or three ahead. And so I'm just like, well, fuck it. My entire plan is screwed. And, and so I can't I can't think, uh, you know, really ahead too much. But it is. It's a fantastic game. So, um, yeah, I'd I'd love to bring up just a couple of our honor honorable mentions, sure. um, just because just because mainly I want to do a shout out to um, I think maybe one of the greatest jingles slash eighties com- like nineties commercials of all time, uh, which is the board game Crossfire. 
Yeah. Crossfire. You get caught up in the crossfire. Crossfire. I just, I just wanted to do that really bad. <laughs> so, I mean, Crossfire was fantastic. Um, I think a bit of a surprise that neither of us, I mean, maybe not, maybe it's not a surprise that neither of us had Monopoly on our lists. Um, I hate yeah. Monopoly. <laughs> I mean, a I lot of people, hate it. Pl- a lot of people played the shit out of Monopoly and it's a yeah. nostalgic thing for them. But I remember us not playing it all that much. We played it some, but it yeah. just wasn't, it wasn't like a super, super popular game in our household. I've never really totally enjoyed it. Uh, my wife's family loves it, and so, mm-hmm. but they have all kinds of weird, crazy house rules that they're like, "No, those are the actual rules." I'm like, "No, no, that's not the actual rules." And so, <laughs> I had to, I, I remember the first time I showed my wife the rule book that didn't say that you put money in the middle and yeah. if you land on free parking, you grab it. I was like, "That's not in the rules," and she's like, "Whatever, that's how we're supposed to play it." And I'm like, "All right, this, <laughs> I obviously cannot play with you." <laughs> it it is the game. There are so many house rules when it comes yes. to Monopoly to, that make honestly end up making it take so much longer than it should. Yeah. Like if you played the actual rules, you'd probably be done in like two hours or something. But like <laughs> the way that everybody does it, it's like, well, it becomes like it, it's an entire day event. <laughs> yes. To play Monopoly. Um, I did find a version. How, and there's a I mean, God, there's a version yeah. of Monopoly for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find a version that I enjoy. Actually, there's two versions I kind of enjoy. Um, one of them is the actual the Lord of the Rings version, and the only mm. reason I'm specifically naming that one is there's a mechanic in the game which gives it a finite end. The ring gets to Mordor or something? Well, no, sort of. The ring starts on essentially. I'm just going to use the regular. It starts on go, uh-huh. and there's a uh, there's a mechanic that moves the ring. When the ring gets all the way around, the game is over. Oh, okay, and whoever has the most. So there's a finite end to it. Mm. Um, <laughs> recently, my son came home with a a talking version. It basically is a big Ugh. mechanical top hat that you talk to. It's like Siri. You're oh, like, really? What? Yes. So you talk to it, and it and and so it, it keeps track of your moves, but also you don't have to uh, you don't have to have money because you just it keeps track of it electronically. So part of the reason I hate the game is the setup of the game of having uh-huh. to like deal out all the money and stuff like that. And so that one completely negates the need for all the extra shit. So, yeah. Oh, also the board is smaller on that one, so there's less. Um, okay. It it's kind of a kids version, but it's I think it's just meant to be a more compact version. Yeah. So there's less properties, there's less things, and it goes by the game goes by much faster. So okay. we got done playing it because my son wanted to play it. And I was like, I think I actually like this version. She's like, you just like it because it doesn't take long. I'm like, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the reason I like it. Yeah. Which yep. um, kind of brings me to one of the ones I wanted to mention is a game that takes forever. But I actually like it just because I like the strategy of it. Even though I'm, I wouldn't say I'm bad at it. It's just not a game I've studied enough to be really good at, and that's Risk. Yeah, yeah, Risk is a classic. Uh, the um, only other, the only other one I wanted to bring up real quick is one that I actually had real nostalgia for, and we introduced our children to, and they enjoy playing it, except that it's very much luck based because it's just about a roll of the dice, and that's the game uh, Popomatic Trouble. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember the, the little exactly the popomatic thing. That's the most important part about that treble. <laughs> yeah, you do your little push, and then the dice kind of just jumps around inside that bubble. Yeah, it, it always seems like there's at least one person who is just getting all the good rolls, and everyone else is just getting screwed. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're not that one person, it's not that much fun to play because it is very much like it's just the roll of the dice. There's no yeah. real, there's no true strategy to the game. There's a little bit of strategy, but not enough to make it you yeah. know, super yep. interesting. Yep, and the the last one I wanted to bring. Well, I kind of want to bring up. Well, one Settlers of Catan, but that came out in '95, uh, yeah. and we didn't really we didn't have that when we were younger, and that was way too complex for us uh, when we were kids. But one that I did like, another kind of strategy game, um, enough that it's in the name, and I think it's I really really enjoy. It's got elements of chess to it, and kind of not really quite risk, but like kind of moving up the board. Um, Stratego. I think is a fantastic game that I played a good little bit when I was younger, and it always kind of made my at least made my honorable mentions. You know, what's funny. I don't think I've ever played Stratego. Hmm. I think you would like it, honestly. It's it's it's. I probably would. Yeah, I mean, it, it's much simpler, and you know, you get those elements kind of with chess, and it's got like some battle stuff, um, similar enough to Risk, uh, but you know, you're not like taking over, you know, countries or anything like that. But it's, right. it's good shit. I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with our lists, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were fun. That, honestly, I really enjoyed kind of going back. And you came up with some ones that I completely forgot about, and I just didn't didn't think about right. them, and I don't think I would have unless you said it. So uh, that that was awesome. It was really really good to to do that. All right, that was our top ten nostalgic board games. Please join us next time as we break down the 1973 Disney animated classic Robin Hood, discuss the 80s cartoon The World of David the Gnome, and cast an Image Comics team known as Youngblood. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.